I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and joining me. As always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, an enemy of the people, and in public enemy number one for MFFLs everywhere, dragging me along through his dirt. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I don't know you're going to bring this up off the top. Off the top. Have off to. The top, have bro. to. It's the number one thing right now. Guys, I'm just going to be for real. If you share an opinion... That's different than a lot of people in the fan base. Just don't even share it, right? Because uh, people get hot coming after you. No, it hey, is. Remember, remember, we're going to talk about this later, but remember when we wanted to trade Dennis? For, oh, for, man. And, and Dennis liked our tweet woo. that suggested him going to, for Mo Bamba. We did not get, we did not get good <laughs> reviews on that one. Yeah, that was fun. And now um, here we are months later, and we'll discuss that because it became a more complicated situation, but I think that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's fun. Obviously, I was, uh, <clears throat> I shared my opinion on uh, how I do fandom for the most part and how I cheer for players and root for players and uh, criticize them and not criticize them. And gosh, man, a lot of people got super uh, uh, feisty over. So here, um, here's Isaac's tweet because we might as well just lay it out there, right? Because not everybody's <laughs> on Twitter. We know that. Isaac said ap- right after the game. Oh, so y'all love Luca's step backs when they go in, but hate them when, he, when they don't. Got it. Because people were talking about how at the end of the game against the Blazers, he should have drove to the basket instead. But he took a step back, and a lot of people were upset about that. Luca came back and said that he was wrong for taking the step back. Isaac, does that change what you think about this? Not at all it doesn't change anything i'm glad he thinks that i don't disagree with luca so you still not, you think it was the wrong shot though yes it was the wrong shot i'm i'm okay. disagreeing with the criticism like i'm i'm disagreeing i don't think and that's just how i do fandom i'm saying of course i'm not trying to say and argue that it was like the percentages of shooting inside compared to a 35 footer my thing is oh, you know analytics so, no no <laughs> analytics uh but my thing is, Luca, Luca has hit those shots so many times before, and he is—he's proven himself. He's on that like Steph Curry type of range, you know, that level of when he shoots those shots. I don't like, bro. I can live with it. I understand that you're going to win games with those type of shots, and you might lose some games with those type of shots. And I get that. And because I get that, I'm not. And that's just—it's what I do. Like a lot of people got super mad about what I was saying yesterday, but. This is just how I am. I'm not going to be the one that's sitting there criticizing. I know. Yeah, of course it all does make sense. It's like one plus one equals two. Yeah, white side's not in there. They're in the bonus. Yeah, cool. Like percentages, like, yeah, cool. You should have drove. And he knows that. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh my gosh, Luca, what is he doing? Is this, I mean, I saw so many tweets. Is this the coach's fault? What is Rick doing? <laughs> like, what, Luca, he's got to mature. He's got all this stuff. I, and saw, just I, saw, Luca. I saw one where it was, uh, is, is Luca listening to the coach or not? And I said, I'm not ready to go down that path. <laughs> so like that, that's my whole type of thing. And maybe I should have clarified it more yesterday that, Hey, this is just how I do, how I'm a fan. And like, obviously y'all be a fan different ways, but so you're I not just mad know, at Luca for taking that shot. I'm not mad at all at Luca for taking that shot. But it was the wrong shot. 
Because for me, I've had so, even in a matter of a course of a year, I've had so many of those moments where that shot goes in and I'm like super hyped. And I'm like, all right, yeah. And some of these games where you take that same dang shot and it doesn't go in, I'm going to be like, dang, I wish it would have went. I wish you would have drove. In hindsight, wish you would have drove. Bonus, no white side. Cool. I get all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I it's funny. We just, I, it just goes down to the fact, like when you have different opinions, some people like people. It was funny because I saw a couple of different tweets at me today of, he's a homer, he works for Mavs, and blah blah blah. And then it's another one like, all right, well, if you Which, di- if okay, we- I, I'm gonna push back on that because if anyone thinks that you don't listen to this podcast and you don't you don't actually listen to Isaac or see what he says because he he barely works for the Mavericks. He's yeah, not, I mean, he's not full time on their payroll and in the office exactly. every single day. He's a freelance writer for them. That's why I say at the beginning we changed it. I used to say writer from Mavs.com. I changed it because I didn't want people to think that you're, you know, there. This is not like this is not numbers on the board, right? Or like exactly or like sponsored Bobby, by yeah, the team. Bobby it is Skin, not like that. So I, I want to take up for you because that's not that's not what you are. Yeah, yeah, we're we're completely different. They're Mavs Podcast Network. They that that is full time a part of the team. Obviously, I'm I'm different than that. And so yeah, it, it it's different. I can criticize a little bit more. I still ride a line. I, I get that. Sometimes it's hard to ride. You're definitely back more and of forth. a homer than me. <laughs> For sure, one hundred percent. But uh but no, it's just yeah, and obviously we've done over six hundred shows. Uh we'll be hitting seven hundred at some point. And hey, that seven hundred I mean, club. How many times out of 600 shows have I agreed with a lot of the fan base? I would say majority of the time, and then, yeah, I don't agree with majority of the fan base on And I don't even and, think this is a majority of the fan base take. I think I think some people were complaining about his shot and, you know, understand that you take you kind of take your lumps but wanted yeah. a better shot, and then some people were saying that, oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's all fun. It's all good. But, hey, it's good radio. <laughs> Hey, we're in a we're in a business of creating content. I just love the people who sent me Lucas tw- Lucas comment a thousand times. Oh, I'm yeah. like, guys, I saw the comment. That doesn't uh, really. I got a DM about that that <laughs> quote. I, mean, I, I didn't, didn't even I'm, say it. I, mean, I did. I like. I saw the comment. We talked about his quote on like the pod. It didn't really have nothing to do with like what I was trying to like say. But uh, if you part just, of that's probably if, on me. I should have communicated better yesterday. I guess. Yeah. If you didn't read into it enough then it would make sense to be like oh why did isaac think that but what he was really calling out was just a fan calling out anyway it was a whole mess and i don't want to be part of it anymore (laughs) i'm in it tweet at me let's go (laughs) you're very in it all right on the podcast today we're gonna preview denver the uh denver game on wednesday correct tomorrow tuesday tomorrow tuesday today 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 game day let's go man We're not even four games into the season. We're already forgetting when games are. <laughs> not good. I know. Not good on us. <laughs> and then we're also, we want to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. a little bit because the situation is, I think it's a fascinating situation. I think it still affects the Mavericks a little bit. And I want to just talk about it because we've seen some people talking about Dennis in a certain way and in multiple different ways and how you feel about it. And so I just want to unpack that situation a little bit. So, but before we do that, Dwight Powell went through full practice on Monday. Carlisle said he's getting closer. So, to me, that says that he's not going to play against Denver. Yeah, I don't expect him to play against Denver. Am I worried? No. Are um, you worried? <laughs> we'll wait till he doesn't play against Denver to ask, are you worried? 
Yeah, I don't expect him to play against uh, Denver, but it's obviously a positive sign that he went through a full practice today. And uh, we'll go through that, and we'll see. You know, the, they probably won't have shoot-around tomorrow because they don't really need to do that anymore. And yeah, Apparently, um, they just we'll, stopped doing shoot-around at all, ever. Yeah, and uh, game's at Denver. So uh, we'll see. They'll have a couple days turnaround, I'm assuming – if I'm a betting man, I would bet they wouldn't practice on Wednesday, and then Thursday I would say they uh, they practice before that before Dwight Howard and KCP comes to town on Friday. That being said, would Luca have made that shot if the Mavs had a shoot around? Coming up next, this is going to be an ongoing <laughs> joke. For- that's our new thing. That's our new China trip thing. Oh yes. man, that's our new China trip thing. If they would have wanna- a shoot around, would I Luka wonder if the if the next. If the next like Luca game winner, that's a step back. If I quote tweet it and say that was such a bad shot, <laughs> you're just asking for it at this point. I know. Coach Carlisle also had comments about the coaches challenge, which is I always think is just fascinating to hear from a coach on this. Carlisle said, especially Rick. Yeah, especially. I don't think there was a PA announcement that got into a detailed explanation talking about in the arena. He's talking about PA, the public address announcer. That's Sean Heath that goes, you know, introduces the Mavericks and says all that. But anything that is implemented in our game has some room for improvement. There haven't been a lot of challenges overturned this year, which is true. There have been a couple, but not a lot. They obviously thought it was one that was in that category. A tough thing about that situation like that is only the challenge pertains to the attempted play on the ball, which I think this is something we need to talk about. It doesn't cover what happened with contact when Finney Smith got the rebound. For that to be taken into consideration, it has to be instantaneous. He got the rebound, and the whistle blew on the foul. So the fact that he was hit across the head on the rebound was not part of the reviewable criteria. Some people would have a question about that, but they caught a break, and it was obviously tough for us. Man, this coach's challenge just got even more complicated, thinking about what happened right before the whistle. Because you can only challenge what was called. You can't challenge something that they missed. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I didn't. I, ne- I didn't see this um, comment until you just read it, and I got so confused listening to all of that. Oh, you did. I so did. He's but- just talking about. So the the there wasn't an explanation in arena for the fans, which made everybody confused. And then it seems like he kind of got confused because the challenge only pertains to that foul with Lillard hitting Dorian Finney-Smith's arm or hand in the ball. It doesn't take into account what happened before or even necessarily right after that. Because it only pertains to that one foul. So he says that Dorian Finney-Smith got hit in the head before he got the rebound, before he went back up to take the shot that Lillard hit him on, and but that wasn't reviewable. Okay. Yeah, so basically, hey, we can only challenge like one part of a play and not the entire play and how that's frustrating. Going back to that first part, this is one of our main frustrations is there was never like an explanation yeah. because based off – what you saw on the jumbotron and what we saw on the broadcast, like from those angles, there's no way you can overturn that. So our whole thing is, if they had a different angle, everyone should see that angle and they should, you know, explain that in arena or not. I don't like, even even you know, expla- then, even explaining like the hand is part of the ball. Like if you explain that, that makes it make yeah. a little more sense. But the wrist is not. So did he hit him on the wrist? Yeah, probably from that angle, it'd be hard for him to not hit him on the wrist. But hey. Game is over. I just thought that this this comment was interesting. I wanted to discuss it, so we're moving on. I still consider I was, it. I still consider it kind of a win, not like a moral victory, but I think that it was good that the Mavericks played that well against that team. They had chances to win, and then the veteran team just beat them out. 
I was telling my dad about this, um, about what happened in the game. He's like, when they had coaches challenges <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, it's a new thing. Blah, blah. He's like, I mean, you like it? And I'm like, nah, <laughs> honestly, don't, don't know right now. Uh, Probably not, but my dad's coming to town this week. I know he's been on this podcast before. Uh, he's coming to town this week. We're going to the Lakers game together uh, on Friday. So maybe he can make like a, a small guest appearance on the pod for a few minutes to share his uh, Lakers, Luka, KP. He's super excited to see KP and Luka together. Immediate post-game reaction from your dad. Immediate post-game for a few minutes, and then you'll get me and Nick for the rest yeah, of the time. Yeah, for sure. All right, coming up, we're going to get into the Dennis Smith Jr. situation and discuss all of that in – what Mavs fans are saying about it. All right, Isaac. Today's podcast is brought to you by Indochino. They are the largest world. They're the world's largest, not the largest worlds. The world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. Get your style upgraded at Indochino.com. Enter the code locked on. So Dennis Smith Jr., Comes into the Mavericks organization. He is, you know, the only young potential good player on their team at that time. And the Mavericks are grooming him to become the next point guard. He's talked about in, you know, like he could be the next Steve Nash with, with, with you know, they have to find a Dirk type with Harrison Barnes being Michael Finley. Like there's all these things said about him. They're trying to, you know, get him to you know, shoot better. They're trying to, to get him to play defense better. They're trying all these different things. And Dennis Jr. is the future of the franchise. Luka Doncic comes in, changes the enti- changes the entire landscape for his career. And he, you know, the talk is, can he play next to Luka? Can he, you know what does Luka have to do? What does Dennis have to do better to play next to Luka? He has some good moments. He has a triple double, and then he gets traded for Kristaps Porzingis to the New York Knicks. He's on the New York Knicks. He plays last year for a little bit. Knicks fans are getting excited about him. Frank Nilakina isn't playing at all, and so it seems like he's kind of out. Dennis Smith Jr. is the next point guard for the Knicks. The summer comes, and everything changes for Dennis Smith Jr. again. And they bring in Alfred Payton. They draft R.J. Barrett, who they say is going to play some point guard. They dra- they bring in all these guys that want to get their shots up. Frank Nilakina has a good FIBA tournament, and David Fizzle decides to bring him back into the rotation. And now, Dennis Smith Jr., during preseason, is dealing with an injury. Didn't get to play a whole lot. When he did, he looked really rough. And now, he's getting booed at MSG. He's, you know, passing up open three-point shots to take long take long twos that just don't look good at all. And now, he's away from the team because of a family member dying. And, man, it's just... I could not imagine being that kid's situation to where he went from you know, potential top number one pick at one point when he was in college at NC State. Uh, After, you know, he was there, he had all the payment scandal and all that. He was potentially going to be a number one pick at one point during that. Then he was a top 10 pick. And then he came into this Mavs organization where he was the guy. He, you know, after, after games or whatever, after Dirk was, you know, before Dirk got up and, you know, talked in the locker room, everyone was crowding around Dennis's locker. And now just, I mean... It's crazy how an NBA player's career can just go from, you know, you talk about, you know, a car going from zero to 100, you know, zero miles per hour to 100 miles per hour in a certain amount of time. He went from 100 to zero, just like yeah. that. And it's wild how that can happen in a, a player's NBA career. 
it's wild and sad. Like it feels like it was yesterday. Hashtag DeSmithway was a thing. Yeah, it feels he was like blocking yesterday. Tobias Harris's shot to win that game. He was yes, you know, dunking on Demarcus Cousins. Just the things that he did. I mean, it's wild. It it feels like yesterday that he was robbed in the dunk contest with mm. DJ Khaled. Like, I, I mean, that, we, I knew we didn't <clears throat> like him for a reason. <laughs> I mean, it it feels like yesterday all that stuff happened, and you know, before Luca, you know, came, it it's kind of like uh, BC and AD is like before Luca. You know, there was this world that you know Dennis was the the next building block, and there's there is a whole al- alternate path of. You know them not getting Luca, and we're looking at Dennis and Wendell Carter, uh, or you know, or yeah. Dennis and Mo, Mo Bamba, Bamba, or something like something like that. And it's a much longer rebuild. I still think they make the KB trade, Luca or not. But you know, it's just it's sad to watch from his from this angle now because like a lot of people love Dennis, media wise, yeah. you know, teammates. Uh, man, we, I, yeah, we we joked about you know that that podcast where we speculated about you know. Dennis Smith Jr. from Obamba, like that trade, but there's a lot of people who are actually mad because they really like Dennis and they believed in Dennis. Yeah, I mean, and I don't yeah, blame we, them for. I totally don't blame them for doing that. And we were just saying a hypothetical, but you know, I, yeah, I understand and, how people loving Dennis like that for sure. And I mean, he was he was such a likable um, maverick and for sure. teammate for teammates and stuff. Loved talking to him in the locker room. Uh, I did that story on. The Smith way and talked to him and Dorian for a while and that on that piece and they're both great. I mean, yeah, it was just how. But something else I want people I, I do I want to touch on two different things. His next thing, but I also want to touch on his exit from Dallas because I feel like a lot of that's getting overlooked a little bit because there's a lot of Mavs fans like, hey, bring him back, all this different stuff. Dennis wanted out, like. Y'all got to remember that, and yeah. that how everything went down. Those last two or three weeks, month uh, that he was in Dallas, it was rough. There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff being said, uh, <clears throat> grumblings around stuff. The back injury, I'm doing air quotes yeah. right now, uh, was the thing to where he's out for a while. And yeah, you just got to remember that. I went back and looked at our podcast, and we did. You know, there's like your the, the description of the podcast, and we did a Dennis Smith Jr. trade tracker for like 15 of our podcast <laughs> episodes. I mean, we were like on day 15 of Dennis Smith Jr. trade watch because it just seemed like he wanted out. He was holding out. There was the sickness. There was the back injury, and they were just waiting to find a trade for him. And then he came back, had that triple double, and gets traded. Yeah, and and uh, and there was a part of it where. I didn't like you never fully blame Dennis for wanting that. A lot no, of us was like, hey, can Luca and Dennis coexist? That was the thing from the moment Luca got drafted. Yeah. And then when Luca started off the way he did, like, all right, it became clear really quick that I don't know if this is going to work for Dennis. And Dennis saw that too. His agent saw that too. And I mean, everybody was like, hey, we want our own franchise. We want what we had before Luca came. And so, they, yeah, they wanted out. It's this classic, hey, is the grass greener on the other side? And this is one of those situations where it's not always greener. And he did get traded to New York. They obviously got Porzingis back. And <clears throat> when he first got traded to New York, they were going into a draft with a high pick. They didn't have Alfred Payton at the time. Nilakina looked like an afterthought. So it looked like he was going to this young Knicks team that was going to have a ton of cap space. They could have got Kyrie, whatever. And you're like, dang, like in the garden, Dennis is going to have a blast. Like he's going to dunk and everything. Yeah. People are going to love him. And then they drafted RJ. Fits so well for that, you know, that fan base too. They love guys like that. They've had Steve Francis in the past. You know, guys that would be able to to light it up like that. Exactly. And they draft RJ Barrett, 
And you're like, all right, they didn't draft a point guard. They yeah. could have went Darius Garland or any, you know, and they didn't draft a point guard. Right. You're like, he can, they can coexist together. And then they struck out, you know, with Kyrie and, and KD. And you're like, this is his team. Like, this is it right here. Like, this is setting up for a young Knicks team that's going to be fun to watch with Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, and some of these guys, Kevin Knox. It's just going to be a young team that's going to lose a lot of games. And then, bam, they sound Alfred Payton. And, <clears throat> and you know, they bring Trier back, but he didn't think, you know, he was going to, like, take Dennis' spot. And He's kind of a two anyway. And now we're we're three games into the season, and Dennis is averaging eight, eight and a half minutes a game. And I feel bad for him on this extent because I feel like he's became, like, the, the I don't even know, the scapegoat, I guess, for this bad Nick start. And people are looking at him. They see this good summer, this good FIBA summer that Nilakina have, you know, had, and and Dennis is playing over him. And that that post game like media scrum that was hard to watch. It's hard to watch from people in Dallas that like talk to this guy all the time and saw the joy that he had, and you could just tell the joy is just sucked out of him right now. Have and you I seen hate the, seeing have, that for him. Have you seen the clip when he got pulled out of that last Knicks game where he's sitting on the bench yeah. and, and uh, Damian Dotson is talking to him? Go, everybody, go look and find that clip where he's sitting on the bench and he's like on the verge of tears because he's just so frustrated with himself and frustrated with how he's playing. And Damian Dotson's talking him up, and Damian Dotson hasn't played at all for them either. He was a young up and coming player too for them. He played well last year, and he didn't. He's not getting any run at all. Yeah, so now it's in a weird. You know, obviously he's away from the team with a, a death in the family, and uh, I don't think they have a timetable when he's going to be back. And hopefully he just gets time away and. I, you know, yeah, I mean, what does New York do with him? Uh, this uh, A national guy, uh, reporter, texted me today, and we are talking about potential um, trade destinations for Dennis. It, you know, if they, because it looks like at this point, they, they just need to find a new home for him. I, I just want him out of that situation. I, I don't think, I think it's way too early to give up on Dennis. I think, you know, uh, but the question is, what team, what kind of team should trade for Dennis right now? Is it a good team in which he should be a backup and just where well, there's hardly any pressure and he just comes in, logs some backup minutes? Or is it like a, a bad team like Washington who should trade for him and just say, hey, let's roll you out there and just go with it? I think it's the good team. I feel okay. like a good team needs to bring him in, make him a six man. He's got he's to learn how to play in the league. Like and, Golden State, Toronto, like one of those two teams? Yeah, yeah. One of the and, well, I don't know if, if Golden State's a good team anymore. Well, but it's a good infrastructure. Hey, a backup Curry, undrama hey, connection. This, hey, this is this might be a bad idea. What about the Rockets? I feel like they want to shoot so much though. Shoot I know, threes. but bring him in there and have him, you know, learn with Westbrook and he doesn't have to play that much. Just just he needs to be part of an organization where he can learn how to play in the NBA. That's true. I think I lean that route too. It's just, yeah, I'm curious and see kind of what his future is. It's too early to give up on him. And uh, I just, I, I hate this. It's kind of twofold because there is a side you're saying, hey, you wanted out, you got out, and now it's not working out. But then there's a side too is like, man, I hate this for you personally yeah. too. And uh, as a guy who's trying to make it in the league and, it, yeah, it's crazy when you tra- trace it all the way back to NC State, even pre-ACL injury at NC State. I mean, he was one of the highest-ranked prospects in the nation, and even coming into the draft, like I mean, he was getting hyped up everywhere. It's just, yeah, I I hate to see where he's at right now with that. But and if we can talk about this angle, if we have talked about this angle, the Knicks and this Porzingis trade. Yikes. If Dennis, 
doesn't work out, which it's not looking great right now for them. They struck out on their cap space, unless you want to celebrate Taj Gibson. Oh, come on. These two first-rounders are going to mean a ton. And they if there's ever been an, a lot of pressure on uh, some draft picks by the, by the Knicks, these Dallas first-rounders that they got in this deal, uh, they're, they're going to have to hit on them. And it's time. not even this year. It's next year. And then isn't yeah. it a top 10 protected in 2023? I think so. That uh, So that not this year, but next year is when the Knicks are going to have that pick. And the team's getting better <laughs> right? next year, right? Yeah. Man, it's uh, looking like a slam dunk deal for the Mavericks. Uh, save, you know, Chris Ops Porzingis' health for sure. And I get, I get it that Porzingis wanted out, and that's a lot of non Knicks fans are like, oh, he wanted out anyway. But I'm just... Can you blame him? I, for sure. But I think you can't blame either of them. Can't blame either for wanting out. But I think the counter to those Knicks fans is like, hey, yeah, he wanted out, but I'm sure there were a lot of other deals on the table too across the league. And the fact that they took this Dallas deal, it puts that Dallas return under the microscope more than anything. And your biggest thing about that trade was salary, and you didn't get anybody outside of Taj Gibson and you know the island of misfit toys and then you know your dennis was the main piece of that and it's not looking uh a certain a certain center's help defense made an appearance made a special appearance in my latest free dawkins video about john morant so if you want (laughs) to if you want to go laugh about that i even put i even put a circle around him so guys while we're speaking about dennis and the center if you go back to the clip in which dennis that a lot of people were sharing on twitter and like i can't believe dennis just did this blah 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 Dennis pump faked the three and then took like two steps in and shot a long two and missed it. A shaky and long two. And while I'm describing it, you're try, you're probably wondering, well, dang, who was guarding him to allow him enough room to f- pump fake a wide open three and then take a couple steps in and shoot a wide open jumper? Well, the person guarding him was DeAndre Jordan. So <laughs> two former Mavericks in that deal. And the fact that DeAndre, who played with Dennis uh, for a bit, was given Dennis like, I don't know, <laughs> 10 feet to yeah. shoot a three uh, that tells you something <laughs> about the situation right now. Oh man. So but I hate it. I hate it for Dennis. I hope he gets traded, go somewhere else where there's not a ton of expectations, go to a good team, come off the bench. And I, I hate this for him personally right now. Absolutely. All right, coming up, let's preview this Denver game because this is a fascinating team. I think it's going to be a really good test for the Mavericks. All right, Isaac, let's spend the last couple of minutes previewing this Denver game. So, uh, Denver doesn't have any injuries, which is kind of wild. They have this really tight rotation right now. Uh, not tight as in, um, you know, the amount of players. They're playing 10 guys so far, um, and th- but they have guys left over that could still get minutes on other teams. They still have Juancho Hernan Gomez that hasn't played a minute for them yet. They still have uh, Jared Vanderbilt that hasn't played for them yet. They still have Michael Porter Jr. who hasn't played for them yet in their first two games. They're 2-0, and um, and... They have this. They they are such a deep team, and so we've played a couple teams now. The Pelicans had some depth for sure, but the Mavericks have played two teams that don't really have a ton of depth in the Blazers and the Wizards for sure. And I think this is going to be a really good test for them. Yeah, man. I mean, this is I've hyped this team up a lot going into the season. They're bad pick for the best record in the Western Conference this year, and what I've seen for Jeremy Grant, even in these first so like couple of games, I mean, just uh, the heck of a pickup that hardly anyone's talking about, but not better uh, than Gallinari, but 
<laughs> that's what a an board old, bet. Man, that's an old board bet. That's from, that's what, two years back. ago? That's good. That's a good callback <laughs> right there. Um, but since we like to play the uh, starting lineup matchup game, this is who they started against the Suns, which they went in OT against uh, with the Suns. But um, And I think they're playing right now, or they're playing tonight on a Monday night. Uh, in Sacramento, I could be wrong on that, <clears throat> but I know that Dallas play, or yeah, they're playing tonight, at Sacramento on Monday night. That means they're flying back tonight, going you know to Denver, and so Dallas gets them on a second night of a back to back. So that's good uh, for Dallas. But this is who they started against the Suns. At least they started Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Millsap, and Jokic. That's their starting five. I don't think they're going to change that. Okay, they're so, one of these teams when when you talk about teams that. You know, Mavericks fans have said, why, why do the Mavericks always have to change the roster? Why can't they just keep the same roster? It's because of teams like this that, that can do that, or they don't have to change their roster at all. They can keep it the same because other teams have to change it for them. So, with this starting unit, how would you guess that Rick rolls out a starting unit to match up with this? Man. Who do you think, think Luca guards? Let's just say that. Will Barton? Probably, maybe Gary Harris, because Gary Harris is not, uh, you know, off the dribble, lighted up. He's gonna run across. He's gonna run around a couple screens and things. But uh, yeah, either Will Barton or Gary Harris, depending okay. on if if he does the Delon Wright Brunson thing again. Because if he does that, then it's different. Then he's definitely on Will Barton. I think Delon Wright definitely starts and definitely guards Jamal Murray in this game, Hopefully. unless unless Dorian Finney Smith starts and they put Finney Smith on him, which, which I could. We've talked about after the Portland game was was better on CJ McCollum, so. Yeah, I can see that. Do you think Porzingis or Maxi guards Jokic? Man, this is tough. The, Yo- I, the Jokic versus Porzingis is one of the more wild. Uh, I know. I want to see it physical so bad. matchups that you can see in the NBA. <laughs> you have the you have the uh, uh, the skinny and the big. <laughs> the difference. I, I want to see it really bad because I want to see. Yeah, I want to see Jokic get out on the perimeter against Porzingis. I want to see Porzingis banging down low with Jokic uh, at some point. It's going to be a good test for Porzingis if he guards him. Uh, Maxi yes. will we'll probably take Jokic in my opinion. But but even Millsap. Millsap's a guy with a wide base that can move Porzingis around in the post. And, you know, we'll see. But I, I, or, my guess would be Jokic is guarded by Maxi. Or the wild card, Boban. They start Boban. What if they start Boban and Porzingis and put Porzingis on Millsap? The tough part about that is this team can run. Jokic can throw yeah. some outlet passes and they can get out there and run. So I agree. I was just wanting to have fun with this. I, but yeah, I don't. I, don't I think hope Boban's be, that'd be our first look at Boban against Jokic. Heck, heck yeah. That would be the true Rick just trolling everyone, saying try to guess the starting unit, guys. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, I mean, how many starters have we had at this point? Eight. The thing is, the Mavericks are undefeated when they start Courtney Lee, so they might want to try to tap into those analytics and really go back to that. Did Did you find that out through Basketball Reference? <laughs> I do know how to read it. Okay. Their bench, okay. though, their bench is solid. Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee are the bigs off the bench. Those are two bigs off the bench. The Mavericks are going to have to play, you know, they're not going to be able to play super small in this game unless the, the Nuggets can go Jeremy Grant at the five if they decide not to play Mason Plumlee. So this could go small. Uh, Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, Monte Morris, and uh, and those are the, th- the three guard wings off the bench. Torrey Craig had a monster block to save a game the other day. I don't. I think it was against the Suns. Yeah, they just against- made these like solid role players out. Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, and Monte Morris. Torrey like, Craig and Monte Morris were two way players two years ago. That's crazy. That's, it's wild. 
Can you imagine if that all could, of a sudden like two Tory years Craig now, could be and, our Josh Reeves? Yeah, if Josh Reeves and Antonius Cleveland all of a sudden were like rotation players for the Mavericks in two years, that'd be huge. Both of them, like that's it's crazy to think how that. Happened. I want to know. Do we know why Michael Porter Jr. is not playing? He can't get in the rotation. I just, I don't think that he's ready. That's insane. I mean, that's a solid rotation. Who are you going to play him over? And then I, this team wants pri- to. I think the thing is, this team wants to win. They're not going to mess around and and true try that. Maybe later in the season they'll try that when they have some injuries. They'll try that, but they're bringing him along slowly and they're introducing him. They are a bit. primed for a massive trade. Like whoever the next big star is, they're primed for that because I think. We're, I think we're all in agreement they're going to be a great regular season team, yeah. but I don't think a ton of people is going to be picking them to go to the finals. Nope. But, for instance, if a Bradley Beal hit the market, I know he can't because of the extension. But if he did, they have the pieces. They have the picks. They have Michael Porter Jr. as like the centerpiece young dude to throw into that. They have guys like Gary Harris. and I mean, they just have the pieces outside of Jamal Murray and Jokic to go get a third star. It's, it's the classic star player trade, you know, like uh, pieces, you have the replacement in Gary Harris. You have the potential flyer, you know, the high ceiling guy, Michael Porter Jr. And you have yeah. the picks, and you could throw in another guy, you know, in there. You could throw Beasley, or you could throw Tory Craig in there, like another young guy that could potentially become something. So, like, yeah. I don't even know who that would be. I mean, obviously Portland's too good for that for CJ McCollum, but you know, I guess Phoenix is playing okay. This right is the now, question but. that 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 you know the headline deadline people writers at uh at espn have been trying to come up with all off season who's the next guy who's the next guy i will say i joked about brandon ingram getting paid by cleveland but he's starting off really good to the season is he average like 35 points a game something, something like that he's on good and he was he was immobile two months ago yeah to read that mark medina story that's crazy that was insane that was one of the craziest stories i love stories like that not that I love the what happened, but yeah, I yeah. just but it was wild. Yeah, it. I'm trying to pull it up right now to to tell everybody where it is. But I'm just trying to think of guys that Denver could make a move for. I don't think Indiana would trade Oladipo. Yeah. The story but. on Brandon Ingram is it's Mark Medina in the in USA Today. Brandon Ingram putting burden on himself to carry Pelicans without Zion Williamson and talks about his recovery and all that stuff is wild. So, hmm. is there any of the Toronto guys that Denver would go after? Like with Kyle Lowry, with Jamal Murray, make sense? Or no, not? I'd rather have Murray. Okay. I mean, and like Kevin Love, I don't think that makes sense with, with Yeah, that's Jokic. another one people talked about, but I mean, I guess he could play with Jokic, but That's another that's another topic for another podcast though. Well, DeMar DeRozan, we should come up I mean, that would be an upgrade over Barton, but <laughs> Anyway, we're pushing for time. There you go. Guys, we appreciate everyone listening. Had another great week so far and an uh, incredible week. Y'all are awesome. Mavericks are awesome. Luka's awesome. Grown so much. Did yeah. you know Isaac that after the Portland game, there were seven post-game podcasts from different Mavericks podcasts. Oh, let's go. That's they're crazy. Like, they're hatching like raptors on Jurassic Park Island. So we'll see where all of them, where, all, where they all are later in the season. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so there's a little shot for everybody. You can tell them all I said so. Tell no, Bo. Could, we know a lot of these people. Bo's awesome. Bo's tell Kirk. Pod. Tell Sydney. Tell uh, the president of Mavs Twitter. Tell them all. Tell them all. We'll see you guys in what March. (laughs) Hey, we'll see you. We'll see you in June, baby. (laughs) Let's go, (laughs) guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom.